0: Things have been rough the past few years for the nation of Lebanon. Decades of civil war seemed to finally be calming down, but they couldn't really get their feet back under them because a corrupt government kept bleeding the nation's coffers dry. Add to that a global pandemic which was starting to hit Lebanon pretty hard, and things were not looking good. But on August 4th, the unthinkable happened.
1: A massive explosion has torn through the Lebanese capital, Beirut, killing at least 70 people and injuring more than 3,700.
0: Much of Beirut is shattered
1: this morning by one of the most powerful peacetime explosions. The death toll has risen overnight in that massive explosion in Beirut, the death toll has climbed to more than 100 people this morning. It's said to be the most powerful blast ever seen in a city that was nearly destroyed in a 15-year civil war.
0: You see, back in 2013, the MV Rosas, a ship being run by a Russian businessman, was contracted to transport a shipment of fertilizer from a Georgian manufacturer to an explosives company in Mozambique. The ship took off from Butami, but somewhere around Beirut, it docked, citing engine problems at which point the ship and 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate stored in loose bags were abandoned by the shipping company. The Lebanese government took control of that payload of high-level explosives, but they didn't really do much with it. In fact, they just kept it right there, at the port, for seven years, precariously located next to a storage facility containing a bunch of fireworks. And when that facility caught on fire earlier this month, The current numbers show that at least 180 people were killed, and well over 6,000 were injured, in a blast that could be heard and felt all the way in Greece. Videos of the mushroom cloud went viral, and people immediately started trying to figure out how they could help the victims, even as they were still limping through the glass-covered streets. From Dirty Spoon Media in Asheville, North Carolina, you're listening to Home Fried. Stories to keep you informed and entertained in the coronavirus lockdown. I'm Jonathan Ammons. Perhaps you heard our interview at the tail end of season one of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour with Susie Phillips, the owner of Gypsy Queen Cuisine and Simple Cafe here in Asheville. She's actually from Beirut. She grew up there during the war and learned to cook Lebanese food from her mother while they hid from the bombs in the family's bunker. Some of her family and friends lost their homes in this blast. The nation lost its store of grain, which was located at that port. The main hospital in the city, already overloaded with coronavirus patients, was decimated. Susie started calling around to figure out who she trusted, and started rallying donations to the groups that could directly impact the lives of the people in Beirut. She's even donating proceeds from Gypsy Queen to help out this week. Which is crazy, because like all restaurants in the U.S. right now, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and she cannot function at full capacity. She's not making much money at all, but she's just doing it anyway. I caught up with her this week to find out how she's been weathering this storm and what people can do in the wake of the Beirut blast.
1: Well, we um, at Gypsy Queen, we closed for two months and um, slowly got back into it doing four days a week and uh, kept adding on month by month to see how it is. It hasn't been bad, but it's definitely not what it was before, Yeah. especially with... Um, canceling a lot of food truck, uh, festivals and gigs outside and then weddings. Uh, it was, it was going to be a good year, but you know, I always have to have my glass half full instead of half empty. It could be worse. Right. Uh, we could be closed. Um, so that's, that's still, um, doing okay. Simple. We were closed for almost four months and uh, we're still at four days there. Gypsy Queen, we're almost at full seven days. Just take out. Neither places are going to open for dine-in until there's a vaccine or people start being more responsible and covering their face.
0: Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think that's really safe and a responsible way to t- help take care of your staff, too. You know, that's got to be a concern.
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard because, you know, you trust, you have your full trust in who's working with you to be responsible and safe outside of work. But there's always these people like, I just got out of the grocery store and, you know, they're half covered their nose is sticking out. And right. that's where one of my employees caught, caught it was at the grocery store because all mm. he did was go home and go to work and then grocery store. So we had to, you know, you saw that we had to shut down until we got all tested. Yeah, tell me about what that process
0: is like when you're having to do that because that's...
1: It was really scary. Um, I was, we were all a nervous wreck. One of my employees that, uh, you know, got it pretty much was almost positive. It was from the grocery store. And then um, he didn't feel bad till a week after his exposure So we were all working together for a week Mm. after he was exposed. And uh, luckily, we take it very seriously. We're always masked. We're always gloved. We wash our hands often. We don't have um, contact with customers, really. We hand the bag out of the door and that's it. Right. So the responsible thing to do was to shut down until we all got tested and got our results and uh, luckily uh, the urgent care on merriman i think it's ridge urgent care we called them that day so the guy that didn't feel good i had him go get tested yeah. a week later he got his results we shut down that day the next day a doctor from ridge urgent care came and tested us all he came to gypsy queen hmm. um it was pretty painless, you know. We got swabbed. It wasn't.
0: You got the swab the back subsio- into your brain.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did, luckily we didn't get that. And uh, you know, he did. He did all, all of us plus our spouses. Oh wow! And um, the results came back within two to three days. We got tested on Friday. Some of us got our results on Sunday, and the rest got them on Monday. Yeah. And uh, he did say. It was the best time to get tested a week after we were exposed to him, and he was probably like the next day he was started feeling symptoms. So that was that was a little close to home. Is uh, what does
0: that cost you as a business owner for that type of thing to test your staff?
1: Um, the we did not if you didn't have insurance, they didn't make you pay.
0: Oh, wow, okay.
1: And if you had insurance that took care of it, and I was ready. You know, yeah. but I didn't have to. I didn't have to spend a penny.
0: Oh, that's great. It's that's just, good.
1: Uh, yeah, finding, finding the right place to do it, I guess. And uh, like Sisters of Mercy, I'm not sure if they're charging, but these guys were not. Yeah. Um, and they they were they were so awesome just to come out and do all of us, as opposed to waiting like everywhere else. We had to wait maybe a week to, to find time to get tested.
0: Yeah. How's, how's so your employee was, doing now? Has he, has he recovered? He's Is doing he back?
1: good. Um, he just got back a couple of days ago. He was about to move back to with his mom because his roommate was leaving. So he was having issues, but he decided to stay till the end of the month, I think, and um, then possibly move away again. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's back. He's, uh, he only works three days a week. And he's feeling better. Um, he's, he's young. He's in his 20s and it hit him hard. Yeah. Uh, breathing and headaches and body aches were really bad for him. Mm. Um, but luckily he, you know, uh, like I think it took him about 12, 13 days to get over it. And yeah. just could not eat anything and could not hold anything down.
0: Yeah, that's a long time to go yeah. <laughs> sick. Like that's just brutal.
1: Yeah, uh, and you know you you, know, you have no medicine. You're just riding that wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was scary, but um, it's not. I, I I honestly don't think that's the end of it. Like we are, we probably one of us will get it again.
0: Yeah, that's just the first time it's happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and and the odds and the and the speed with which it's spreading it's like it's just a matter of time. It seems like it just seems inevitable for just about everyone if if we don't do something to lock everything down, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, we I am so supportive of the idea of shutting down again for a th- 3 weeks. Yeah. And really like staying in and and not doing anything. And if we do wear our masks so we can get over this. But I just don't see, you know, the right wing, my rights, my freedom. Yeah. Assholes out there that are still, you know, think it's about their it's a Democrat or it's a hoax or it's Republican or the rights, the freedom. Come on. It's about responsibility.
0: Yeah, the people that just want to make it about themselves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's There's a lot of them out there.
0: Yeah. So w- we were well into this pandemic when, when, and especially from your, your homeland, and uh, Lebanon was well into their battles with all of this when they got hit pretty hard with another tragedy. And I mm-hmm. wonder if you could tell us about that, how you found out and—, and What things have been like for you and your family and friends?
1: So, I don't watch the news um, at all. I mean, I'll listen to NPR in the morning or on my rides from home to work. But my husband is the news buff. It depresses me, so I didn't know anything about it until a couple of people, my friends, texted me and asked if my family is okay. So, I immediately went online and saw. And then I called my family in Lebanon. And, uh, you know, growing up in the war for 15 years, I was born in it.
0: Uh,
1: They let me know that nothing like this they've experienced. And that's saying a lot. Mm. I mean, you know, I think... The the immense power that it came from that explosion shook up all of Lebanon.
0: Yeah.
1: People saw and felt it even in Cyprus. Yeah. um, For that sheer amount of explosion in one place at the same time as opposed to like scattered around the country or you know light bombs here or there this yeah. was humongous it was
0: insane Most of to see family, like that was i couldn't yeah. stop watching cuz it was it was almost hiroshima like it was just i've never seen that kind of destruction on a that clearly filmed that clearly seen from that many angles it was just devastating
1: and we haven't either, and that that's should tell you the the, the power of this yeah. that I mean most of my family houses are destroyed mm. um, some more than others all of the all, Be- all of Beirut and above beirut there's there's no windows in any houses. those are all gone, and some of the doors are blown away yeah. Um, the videos that I got from my family and from their friends and what have you are they will make you just want to throw up and so sad, yes. so devastating, so tragic and I mean, Lebanon has been through so much, and we are we're resilient people, but man, yeah we were just knocked down, the economy was down, the government has been so corrupt, doesn't take care of their people. There was no middle class anymore, and you know people were fed up with it. Even I was there last year. After leaving, the protests started, and it's been just a shit show one one after the other. And everything's expensive. Nobody can eat. People are on the streets. They can't pay anything. And then this, yeah. and then COVID, and then this, and then yeah, the hospitals were almost, already
0: full, and then yeah, they, they had this happen.
1: So oh, people yeah. were—they weren't even thinking about COVID anymore after that. So this—the numbers spiked completely, really, really high for a small country like that. And uh-huh. now they're still dealing with the aftermath of COVID and the explosions.
0: And some of the hospitals so got was, taken out by the blast too.
1: Yeah, like the, three or the four one of them. major hospital yeah. um, that's in Beirut got most of it got out, uh-huh. b- blown out. Um, and then they started working on people on sidewalks and in the street and popping up tents. Mm. The bounce back of how people reacted—they were there the next day cleaning up. Um, it, it's just—it's just a sad, sad thing. And I just didn't know how to help from here. Yeah. With the girl, with the government being so corrupt that all the big countries, all the countries around the world. That have love for Lebanon, even Israel, you know reached out for to help us, yeah. but where how are they going to get that to the people instead of the government right the government's going to put that money right in their pocket. luckily, with I think the President of France really really shook up some of the government um, where he went to Lebanon a couple of days after spent time with the people on the streets. Um start wanting to start an investigation of what happened right and uh the the heat from that and from the people, the government stepped down i don 't know if you knew that except right. the president he still wants, and he is the most corrupt uh, of yeah. them all,
0: yeah,
1: and he him and Hezbollah are like tight buddies, and they just he let him have you know more power in Lebanon in the parliament. And they just feed him money. Ah. So I'm not sure. Hopefully something good will happen out of this. Some some kind of change that is so much needed in that country that yeah. looks out for the people and not for the, the people that are in parliament and that are in charge of the country because they are not giving a, a damn. It's sad. So yeah. with that in mind... um. I started running into these fundraisers that are online. There was one called Impact Lebanon, and then there's the Beirut Blast uh, fund that I I keep posting on my pages. So I found out who is putting them on. And this, uh, this guy lives in New York, but his mother lives in Lebanon, and she has two nonprofits. Hmm. Before the explosion, she was... Uh, collecting food and, uh, feeding people that are hungry and that are about to be homeless. Um, so I reached out to him. He put me in contact with the group on WhatsApp. So it's her and her nonprofit organization. And then about 800 architects that are all volunteering. And I'm I met them, I said hi, I told them what I wanted to do, but when they talk, you know, they're pretty much texting each other, where we gonna be, who we're helping today, there's a list of people that are volunteering their time to fix this, or I'm really good with walls, I'm really good with glass, Hmm. I have diapers, I have this, I have that, And, um, and then I have a friend who is a reporter in Lebanon, that I asked her to look this woman up. And she's a revolutionary. She's a badass. Huh. She's all, always at protests. So I trusted her. Yeah. And I trusted what they're doing. And I trust that this money is gonna go to them and then from them to the nonprofits and to the people. And uh, at this point, I think a lot of people that are raising money are on the same page. Right. I just wanted to be really sure before I give so much, and I want to, but it's also gonna put a really big dent in in the business, but I have faith that it's not gonna I'm not gonna suffer from this there's yeah, I really wish I can hop on the plane and go right and help um but I can't, and this is what I can do. Um, I mean, I just immediately started giving money on on the M- impact Lebanon from my personal, not even the business. Yeah. And then I'm like, what else can I do? This is gonna take years and years. Mm. People are have lost their legs, their arms. I mean, it's just such a tragedy that I just feel so helpless. But the only way I can do a little bit, and that's not even a lot, is is to run for a week. All the all the profits going there, Right. and um, I really, really, I, I know people are sketched out by these things. But if they don't want to donate straight to them, come eat. You'll
0: right. we'll get
1: food, and I'll send the money.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, how is your how's your family doing with all of this? What's happening with them? What's happening with their homes?
1: Um, they're doing good. They're happy. They're alive. Yeah. They keep telling me they can rebuild, but they can ha- get their lives back um, so there's there's uh i mean they've they've been through so much already that we just thought you know when I was in Lebanon last year, my cousin told me that it's just been quiet for too long, yeah, something's gonna happen soon, and she was right. But she, you know, she keeps saying this is nothing like we've experienced. She's like, Susie, remember when we used to sit on the balcony watching bombs, drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes? And then we'd say, hey, you know, this is kind of getting really close to us. Maybe it's time to go to the shelter. She's like, nothing. Like multiply that by a hundred times and doesn't even come close to, to this effect.
0: Yeah, my God. Yeah.
1: So, they're, they're hanging in there. Um, there's nothing they can do but keep going forward. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about this is everybody is helping one another out. You have Muslims and Christians together, you know, lifting each other up. Yeah. Feeding one another, you know, taking the shirt off their back to give it to somebody that doesn't have it. So, there's... It's amazing when you are in such a vulnerable position. What you would put aside right. to help one another? Yeah, and that's what's going on. And they're they're hanging in there. They they are just feel very lucky that they're alive. Um, and then the ones that are cannot stay in their homes because they're destroyed, they're staying with other family members. Yeah. And that's- And I have a small family. I don't have a huge family anymore over there. So um, they're they're hanging. Yeah. And hopeful again.
0: Right. Right. Is there any chance of like rebuilding or is, is on on those homes that are destroyed or is it is it totally gone?
1: Um, some places you, you it's a, you're able to rebuild and I'm gathering more from this group that I am a part of than than my family um there's a lot of so all the buildings are built out of concrete, so the foundations with the shake up that that explosion did it literally it was like an earthquake, so there's a nice. lot of faulty lines, and uh, most of the balconies have collapsed on top of one another, uh. but there's some floors that that have made it, but some of them are starting to collapse now, yeah because it's just it wasn't just an immediate thing with every building so they're they're facing they're facing that but there's a lot of them are fixing and um, i'm sure there's a lot of buildings that are going to be just taken down and started over
0: yeah yeah wow who, so who do you now who do you recommend that people reach out to to donate like what are the sources that you trust at this point over there
1: uh, impact lebanon is one of them and they're Lebanese out of uh, London, and they've raised about seven million pounds. Oh wow! Yeah, um, so there's that, and then there's the GoFundMe, uh, the Beirut Blast GoFundMe that I have the link, and that's a, on a smaller scale. Uh, we're really trying to reach a hundred thousand dollars, and we're at ninety. So I'm hoping after this week. Um, I can get it there, and once they reach a hundred thousand, they're pulling it out, and and stopping that fund. Mm. And I, I I hope that it keeps going somehow.
0: Susie Phillips is the owner of Gypsy Queen Cuisine and Simple Cafe here in Asheville. You can find out more about what you can do to help with the Beirut relief efforts, or order some of her incredible Lebanese food at GypsyQueenCuisine.com. Home Fried is a production of Dirty Spoon Media. I'm Jonathan Ammons, and I'm the editor-in-chief. I produce the show, and I write and record our interstitial music. Catherine Campbell is our editor-at-large, manages our website and marketing, and keeps the car running. To catch the latest season of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour, be sure to tune in to 103.7 WPVM the first Friday of every month at 5 p.m. You can also catch up on back episodes of the show, stream any of our podcasts, or check out some of the incredible art from our contributing artists, or support us through our Patreon at our webpage, dirty-spoon.com. We will be releasing new episodes of Home Fried throughout the month. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts by searching for the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour, always bringing you stories from the people who shape what we consume on the Dirty Spoon. Stay safe.